0: Hello, and welcome to the Cinephile New Wave. I'm Nick, and I am joined by... Hi, I'm Rhett.
1: And I'm Duran.
0: And today we are going to be talking about uh, James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. Uh, but first, uh, we're going to cover a little bit of news, as we haven't done that in a while. Um, first on our plate is uh, just various Spider-Man rumors. I'm kind of doing this for myself more than anyone else, <laughs> just because I am really deep into the, uh, all of that, um, and I, I guess we'll start off by addressing the, uh, the big rumor, which is, uh, the return of Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield. Um, Rhett, do you want to, uh, share any opinions on? Uh,
2: well, I, I'm not as up-to-date as you are, like, I didn't see the, the pictures of the leak videos that everyone's referring to. Uh, you know, I just, I, I'm aware of the rumors floating around the internet. I saw the, the new trailer where they revealed that Doc Ock is in the movie and they basically revealed that Willem Dafoe will be reprising his role as the Green Goblin in some sort of capacity, uh, which I'm excited about because I love Willem Dafoe and, uh, you know, Doc Ock, yeah, I mean, Spider-Man 2, it's, it's fantastic, so, uh, but I've, I've kind of been a little bit the, the opposite way about this as opposed to a lot of people in that, um, you know, a lot of people are really excited by how secretive they are being, but I kind of feel like they're they're being so secretive. I feel like that kind of tells me that you know they they're notoriously waiting you know a very long time to drop the trailers and stuff like that. Yeah, it it's... kind of tells it kind of tells me that, or at least from my perspective, it feels like they're not confident enough in the movie itself, and they're really just banking on that big surprise of oh hey we've got all these characters back from the alternate universe because I feel like it's not like unless you you've really got your head in the sand it's not going to be any kind of spoiler you know spider-verse was already a success i feel like you can just say hey we've got an alternate universe kind of dealio going on with old actors you know well not old actors obviously but you know people from previous iterations of spider-man returning for a sort of you know jimmy timmy power hour kind of thing
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah um I, i guess uh to that i'd say it's definitely it feels like a band-aid that they just kind of have to rip off at this point because i feel like anyone who's paying any sort of attention kind of knows now (laughs) like especially with the first trailer and them revealing doc ock like I i think most people kind of get that like this is where this movie is headed even if they didn't know about any of these rumors um i guess i'll also just like talk about generally like what is being said about this movie. So, as you could see from the trailer, they are bringing back uh, Alfred Molina's Doc Ock. That was kind of the first big reveal, um, which was then followed by people like Jamie Fox, um, Andrew Garfield, Toby Maguire uh, being, you know, rumored for uh, this movie, and. Basically, it's just you know, it's all piled on top of each other. All at this point, like Daredevil might be in this movie. Um, ben Affleck. <laughs> God, I wish.
1: Oh no the uh, the Marvel one. No, I know. the, the, the Marvel Marvel Netflix one.
0: Netflix. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. No, there. that
0: that one is going to be in this. Not not it's Ben
1: Affleck. Ben Affleck. <laughs>
2: um, uh, they're even saying Rhino from the Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah,
0: so might be back. The the general train of thought right now is that they're going to have the sinister six and we're not completely sure on who all six members are but we're relatively sure on five based on the trailer so there's obviously hints towards green goblin there is direct evidence of doc ock <laughs> um i don't think he's going to be in it <laughs> there is uh, electro who you know you can kind of see like lightning being uh, cast around peter at some point in the trailer um sandman who there's a lot of like sand (laughs) with that electricity so we're assuming that's that's what's happening there and then there's a shot in the trailer that maybe suggests lizard uh will be joining that team and it's just a matter of kind of figuring out who the uh who the sixth person is gonna be might be venom who
2: knows (laughs) big wheel big wheel oh god we can only hope that it's big wheel (laughs) Listen, those trains that Doctor Strange was doing, they were in a circle. That's a big wheel. That's a big wheel. That's true. I, um... God, I
0: hope they do big wheel at some point, just as, like, a gag, even. Just just uh, give me big wheel in
2: some form. I mean, they did Thanos copter, you know, so I guess, you know, they're, they're down with the memes a little bit.
0: Yeah, whatever they want to do. Um... So, yeah, there's just... There's a lot of that going around, and, uh... If you didn't know, now you know, and if you want to keep up with that because you were a big fan of uh, to- Tobias Maguire, then, um, yeah, uh, now, now you know. Sam Raimi should have directed this movie. He's directing Doctor Strange 2 instead. Do both of them. <laughs> at the same time. I Listen, I wouldn't say no.
2: I, I feel like this is already kind of like Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, though. I'm not, I'm not sure, like, where, where they're... I mean, I know that... Um... That Scarlet Witch is is supposed to be very prominent in the Doctor Strange movie, so it's kind of some implications that they're basically doing the House of M storyline. Um, but like, I, I I feel like they're kind of, you know, doing the whole Doctor Strange multiverse shit with this movie. So
1: yeah, what if what if Sam Raimi only directs the action scenes? to no way home. <laughs> Maybe,
0: I mean, he was he was very good at action scenes. Yeah, in the Spider Man movies, so. I'm I but that makes me like equally as excited to see like weird psychedelic uh you know just all of all of that that's going to be in Doctor
2: Strange. I'm
1: pretty
2: hyped for that one. Yeah. I going to be interested to see like how is usually like can camp, usual campy style like kind of Yeah. There's going to be skeletons some
0: <laughs> like some point in the movie there's going to be skeletons and that's uh you know that's what I'm most excited for is seeing skeletons. Because it's like multiverse. We could talk about that. Because there are Doctor Strange rumors that maybe Toby might show up in that. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, Let's go. And then there's also rumors that Captain Carter from What If, which is happening right now, might make an appearance. Oh, I don't oh know. God, I, think, not,
2: I think I'm not keeping up with What If at all. The, the buff I refuse. One. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: I saw buff that Peggy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, Slim Steve Rogers
2: like there
0: were there were out there there was a lot of out there rumors like uh charles xavier showing up and um who's the other big one oh yeah there were rumors of nicholas cage ghost rider showing dude, up. dude
1: oh my god we need to bring back nicholas cage ghost rider
2: who who knows how much of this is real, but <laughs> the the only thing I want is Deadpool Spider Man, and honestly, like it looks like we could get that at this point. So hey, if they do that, you know Marvel will win some brownie points with me. Yeah,
1: how's Marvel like not done anything with Deadpool yet?
2: Um, they were working on Deadpool they, three. It's, they
1: it's definitely fast tracked red- him over everybody else because I, hmm. it,
0: I think Ryan Reynolds said it should shoot next year. Oh okay. So like they yeah. are they are trying to get it done. It's, it's just like. R trying to fit it in with everything else. Yeah. Uh, they said it would remain R. Okay. Which is, that's cool. Yeah. That's good. Hopefully Blade can do the same.
2: Yeah. It, it's still surprising me, like how, um, like how, how tame they, they are. Um, like in some ways how they're like, I don't know. Like, uh, I watched Shang-Chi recently and when Aquafina said vagina, I was like, that's something they can say in a Marvel movie. <laughs> Marvel movies be like sexual reproduction organs don't exist yeah no I mean I don't I they're, don't feel like they said like penis I've, or, I've or heard that before.
0: criticism before that Marvel movies are sexless and I I think I agree I think I yeah. understand
1: what they mean by that although I don't think it's like on the Umbrella thing I think it's just like most yeah a lot of like PG-13 blockbusters,
0: blockbusters are just kind of like that yeah I
2: mean yeah and you know I mean, certainly I didn't think it was a bad thing. It just, like, took me aback for a second, and I'm like, oh, huh. I don't think I've heard him mention a sex organ in a Marvel movie.
1: (laughs) I think it's because, like, um, like, sex has become... um, There's been a lot more, like, eyes on sex lately, um, especially, like, in the wake of, like, the Me Too movement. So, like, a lot of big studios don't really know, like, what to do with it. So they just result in kind of, like, pushing it over to the side. and, 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 like... And, and so, cause like, they're kind of like afraid of, I guess like starting up a storm. I'm not, I'm not saying like, Oh my God, they're going to get canceled. And I'm, I'm not, I'm not like trying to like say that cause it's like stupid, but I do think that like, they're like afraid of, well, we, we've seen that like big studios are like afraid of like tripping over any kind of problematic lines, like even in like the most, um, like neutered sense, I think. So, and, and I think sex is like a big thing, especially like in American culture.
2: Yeah, and I also wonder like in terms of like, you know, how movies are faring with foreign censorship boards, like, you know, how much yeah. that plays into it. I have no idea what the standards are in in other countries, but that that could be an aspect. Yeah. But no, yeah, I certainly yeah. think it's more based on like the the idea of like, oh, we don't want to accidentally say something that like doesn't sit well with people. I was um
1: I was talking to a guy who does um like localization for uh, like a big studio and he was telling me how like um For When they release movies in, like, the Middle East, especially, like, on, like, Middle Eastern airlines and stuff, they have to, like, cut out, like, so much stuff. So, like, it it makes sense that, like, and, and, uh, like, um, Middle Eastern countries of course, like, a lot more conservative when it comes to sex and things like that. Um, He actually told me, a funny story was he told me that, like, some guy was, like, holding, like, a mojito or something like that. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. And they to, they to like change the line, they to like dub it and say like, "Oh, do you want some juice or something like that?" <laughs> <laughs> oh <my laughs> but it's god. like it's like very clearly an alcoholic beverage. <laughs> oh my god! So stuff, yeah, stuff, stuff like that. I mean, just makes it a lot like cheaper, of course, to localize.
2: I actually, uh, I was in a, a layover in um, Dubai one time, and, uh, like, we just had, like, nothing to do with the amount of time we had, so we just went and, it was like, Wonder Woman just came out, so we are like, yeah, I guess we'll just go see Wonder Woman. We're in this, like, mall, there's a movie theater here, and they had to censor the word God Slayer, and I'm like, oh, yeah, we're <laughs> in a foreign country <laughs> with, with different censorship laws. That's pretty funny.
1: You can't say God Slayer. You can only say Allah Slayer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you
2: Well, know. it was in English. <laughs> Oh really? Really? Oh, that's so weird. Okay. It it was like yeah, it was like subtitled in Arabic.
0: Odd. All right. Well. Um, but yeah. Spider-Man, Marvel, all that. All that. But we ain't talking about that today. We're talking about DC, but before we're talking about D C <laughs> <laughs> we are we are talking about uh two trailers, uh the Nightmare Alley trailer, um which uh we'll talk about first and then we'll then we'll talk about the other one. Rhett, the other one's the, the Matrix Alley trailer. Yeah. Uh Rhett. Yeah. What do you think about that Nightmare uh, Alley I- trailer?
2: i thought it looked very interesting it very much looked like a a del toro movie um but that's for sure i'm 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 down with that it looks hopefully like a significant step up from the shape of water not that the shape of water was bad but certainly like not del toro's best i think this kind of scene like him going back to like what he really wants to do run perlman's
0: Uh, in this one so like it's it's gotta be good
2: yeah, well, Willem Dafoe really though. Willem Dafoe, this is just his year. It um, is.
0: I mean, <laughs> No Way Home and this movie are going to be out at the same time. Defoe's going to be the king of the box office.
2: Yeah. Oh God. And yeah, I mean, his this narration was really cool. Box like, office. I like the direction they seem to be taking with the plot. The visuals cool. They. I'm. I, I don't want to get my expectations too high, but it, it definitely looks solid. Not yeah. unlike the other trailer, in my opinion.
0: Reminds me of. Uh, reminded me of Freaks
1: from the Mm -hmm. trailer which you know makes sense yeah because it's about like um performance that kind of world um yeah it looks it looks pretty good um uh, nick and i just watched it and i told him oh this is a del toro movie yeah (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah it looks it looks good um i'm glad to see del toro getting money because like i'm not i'm not like the biggest del Del toro fan but i certainly like really appreciate a lot of his movies you have have a del toro action figure dude yeah, because he's so cute. <laughs> he's, he's just like a big little man. That's true. He's like he's like a big bear, dude. I think it was, I think either it was either like a interview to Alfonso Coro that said like, Del Toro he gives the best hugs. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what a what a what a fun. I like that, that fun fact. Is a, that yeah. is a fun fact. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I just I just really want to get a hug from Del Toro so I can like microdo. Don't we that. all? I know, right? Okay. He, he lives like in his little like own like hobbit hole. Have you guys, like, seen, like, the pictures of his, uh, of his cottage? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's very, very strange. He's, he's a very strange man. I like him. Right, did you hear the story of, um, how his dad got kidnapped by the cartel?
2: Uh, no, I did not, but that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Um, I think, I think everything went well, but, I don't know, I just thought it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's insane. It's yeah. insane that it happened. Yeah.
0: Although, I mean... That's not the worst of plans as, as you know, cartel plans go. Kidnap yeah. a famous director's dad. Yeah. Was he was he famous at the time, or was he...
1: Uh, I don't think it was, like, his, like, peak of a success, but he was, like, definitely famous enough. Huh. I don't remember when I was, but, yeah.
0: Crazy. All right, well, um... Cass is stacked. That's true. It's yeah. Tony Collette, Bradley Cooper, Rooney Mara? Who? I think... Renee Mara, yeah. Yeah, Mara Ron is Perlman, on this, I think. Ron Perlman. Uh. Kate Blanchett. Yeah, Kate Blanchett. That was the other. Brother Cooper. Yeah,
2: the lady. Um. Yeah. Willem Defoe. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so we talked about Willem already. Come on. Willem. Like the yeah. cast is stacked, but that's the, he's the cream of the crop right there.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, this is... um. I'm definitely excited to see this one, which... And I'm surprised it's still coming out this year, because, like, they were really quiet about this movie until, like, a few days ago, when they were like, yeah, we're going to talk
1: about this now. And you know that, like, when they're quiet about a Del Toro movie, like, 99% of the time, it's, like, just scrapped.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that, yeah. that...
1: It was a concern that I was,
0: like... Because mm, no one... No one had, like... I looked it up. No one had given, like, production dates, like, in... I think I had checked like f- September first. Okay. No one, no one had said <laughs> anything about this movie. That's really
1: funny. Yeah. No, it, it's so funny. Like looking at Del Toro's non-realized projects, and it's like longer. everything. It's like longer than like his actual career. Like way, yeah. way, way, way longer.
0: <laughs> uh, just, just give the men the money and let him
1: make movies. Yeah. Although, I think that most of it just because like he doesn't, he like gets bored and like, leaves. Probably. I'm pretty sure. Because, like, he was supposed to do, um, the Harry Potter movie that Korone directed. Yeah. Which one is that? Is it Azkaban? Yeah, Yeah. Was
2: Azkaban. Azkaban. yeah. yeah so, uh, he was there's... supposed to direct The Hobbit, too. Oh,
1: yeah, um... yeah. And it was
0: only two parts when he was gonna do it, I think. <laughs> wow. That would
1: have <laughs> been, like, actually good, I think.
0: Probably. Yeah. Probably. Um, yeah, no. Probably move was... on to the next one. Yeah, no, this, uh, just excited as, as hell for this one um and then the other trailer we wanted to talk about was uh the matrix resurrections
1: <laughs> i really can't believe that they went with that subtitle that has to be self-aware like for sure that, that's definitely like, it a, must be it's like <laughs> it's so good
2: yeah i don't i don't have a problem with the title i feel like the title fits what i do have a problem with is like youtube shoving the trailer down my throat and having to listen to neil patrick harris saying you seem particularly triggered today (laughs) or you know it's like oh my god
0: he is in therapy to be fair
2: yeah but like it feels i don't know triggered has just kind of become such a meme word and i know it's like an actual legitimate word and part of this movie might be trying to sort of reclaim some of the stuff that you know online trolls have kind of made into a meme like red pill and you know uh perhaps triggered I, I can't help but Bill feel like Morpheus the way they Scorpius. were presenting neil patrick harris's character there though he seems like some sort of antagonistic figure so yeah I've, i don't know uh,
1: he has blue glasses the blue pill is the bad one bro bro <laughs> i hope we get some like really good like trumpian 2016 politics oh god i movie. hope so i hope so and <laughs> i'm like gen z humor i hope i hope it's low-key cringe i
2: i I feel i feel like it's setting up like a big like sort of anti-cancel culture thing and that's like the the red pill or whatever i don't know i feel like the whole like because i feel like it's still gonna go back to eventually like the you know the blue pill sort of like oh yeah taking taking the medicine to like keep people compliant or whatever and like you know saying you know Oh, we don't call people crazy or, you know, triggered or stuff like that. I don't know. Maybe maybe that's the complete opposite direction they're going. I, I feel like it's going to be completely misguided regardless of what direction they go. I
0: heard weird rumors that this movie is gonna be like really meta. Like th- they mention bullet time in the dialogue at some point, kind of thing, and it's <laughs> I think there's a scene in the trailer where they're watching the Matrix One on like a on a screen. Really? Someone that's like hilarious. someone Jumps through the screen. I think it's torn. I remember that. Anyway, it's definitely in the trailer.
1: What if they just like make the Matrix Four like a movie about people watching the Matrix One, so you can just like watch the Matrix One again?
0: This is just a an adaptation of Infinite Jest.
1: Yeah. No, it's actually <laughs> it, it, it's actually a remake of Goodbye Dragon Inn. So instead <laughs> of Dragon Inn, they're showing the Matrix.
0: Oh my god. <laughs>
1: um.
0: Anyway, I i like the additions to the cast i like jonathan groff neil patrick harris jessica henwick um i don't
1: know i, I like uh the morpheus guy is pretty cool
0: yeah uh something abdul mateen II, i think okay
1: racist i'm kidding i don't know his name i
0: <laughs> i don't want to say it wrong that's yeah. part of why i don't want to attempt to say it at all um <laughs>
2: uh Uh, but uh, the morpheus thing is weird yeah yeah abdul mateen the second i looked it up on imdb i'm probably still pronouncing it wrong but that that is how it is is spelled roughly so surrounded
1: by white people i
2: i know i'm (laughs) cringe we yeah what can
0: we say it's all this white guilt we live with i forgive you (laughs) all right anyway (laughs) (laughs) um (laughs) speaking uh, of
2: white guilt christopher nolan Oh, oh man,
0: yeah. yeah, Christopher Nolan, dude. This is
2: this is a
1: big W for the Nolan. Where is? For big I need, N. I need to I need to get the list again because there's. I I, there... I, I I pulled it up. I pulled it up. Right. Okay, so Christopher Nolan's next film is about um Joshua Joshua Oppenheimer, sorry Robert Oppenheimer. Joshua Oppenheimer's a director of um the Act of Killing. <laughs> <laughs> it's about Robert Oppenheimer, um one of the uh, creators of the atom bomb, and so he left um. Warner Brothers after like 20 years to uh to to do a deal with them um it ended up at Universal
0: Universal but I think like a lot of studios were trying to get it right
1: right and his his demands would you yeah I got it so he wants at least a 100 day theatrical window um 100 million dollar ish budget um equal marketing spend 20 percent of first dollar gross and a blackout period where the studio would not release another movie for three weeks
0: before, before and, and after. after the
1: future. Which is, like, the most bomb thing ever. I respect him it's so much that, like, he's able to push for this. Because, like, no other fucking directors can not do at this all. right now. Except for, like, Tarantino, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, but, like, even him, like, probably wouldn't be able to get the the three-week blackout. Though.
0: Villeneuve certainly could not pull that off. No. <laughs> oh, None no. Not the slightest. Dude, Villeneuve's not, not going to make a <laughs> But after not gonna make how
1: little movie money Blade Runner made. <laughs>
2: yeah, dude is oh. gonna be in his last movie. <laughs> <laughs> it might be. <laughs> God, I hope not. Um, but
1: yeah, um, I have like zero interest in this movie whatsoever, cause like it. The scene... I had no
0: interest in Dunkirk.
1: <laughs> yeah, but like at least, at least like Dunkirk takes like the Nolan isms and does something with them, cause it's, like it's all thing like, with like time. I don't know. Eh. Yeah. Dude, you don't, you don't. You gotta. You gotta analyze. You gotta watch four it fourteen hundred
0: times before you get it, bro. Exactly, e- um, bro.
2: Bro is so fucking good. I can't actually contribute any sort of insight on this movie. I'd just say it's so fucking good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but like, yeah, I don't. I don't know what he's gonna do with this movie because like, this is like so out of left field for like his stuff. It seems like if he's, I mean, he might not be doing a traditional biopic, but if he's doing a traditional biopic, like I. Gonna do with that um he saw first man and was like i want to do a science biopic dude what if he just remakes the scene from watchmen the birth of dr manhattan because that's all about like time dude. and memory and stuff dude and like the atom bomb and like the and the atom bomb Whoa, dude <laughs> and what, what Zack what snyder if, already made this movie dude yeah. Yeah. what what
2: if, what if he what if he remakes the the scene from twin peaks season three with the atom bomb oh, oh true yeah, God, imagining man. fucking a Nolan directed Twin Peaks.
0: <laughs> Don't say these things to me. That'd be that'd
1: be Listen, great, man. I'm I'm it.
2: required to just to get the cringe Nolan value. Nolan
1: TV show. I love it. Um, but anyway, I'm. Isn't I, that
2: basically just Westworld?
1: At, uh. What. A Nolan, a Nolan TV, TV show. show, yeah, but it's it's the it's his brother. It's the good Nolan?
0: Question mark. There is no good Nolan. <laughs> yeah, I guess there there's no there's
1: no good Nolan anymore. <laughs> I saw um, so that's that, that's co-directed by Jonathan Nolan's wife or co-created by Jonathan Nolan's wife, Lisa Joy, who just did a movie called Reminiscence that came out. Um, saw, oh, that one. I saw that in theaters. Um, not, Fringe. Not not a not a great not a great motion picture, I shall say.
2: I, I saw a headline on Reddit that was, like, uh, Reminiscences to million-dollar box office or something like that shows the, the struggles of films trying to target an older audience, and I'm like, what the just, fuck did you just, just try to say you know, to me? it just
1: looks terrible. <laughs> I think it, was that... That was a PD-13 movie, right? I, yeah. What the hell? <laughs> That's, like, not an older audience at all. It just, it just like, a... um, Like, this is why Blade Runner should have never been made. All right? Because, <laughs> like, okay... Because it made these movies. It made these movies, right? Like Blade Runner, amazing movie, the original. But then, look at the consequences of its creation, Really, Scott. Look what it, look what you've done. Now every movie just wants to be like a stupid fucking like sci-fi noir movie, like bruh.
2: I'd I'd say the consequences of of the Alien franchise are are, are worse.
1: That is that is true. Yeah, fair enough.
0: Hopefully that TV show can bring it back, but uh, and we'll see. And
1: Neil Alien 5.
0: It's not happening. <laughs> it's not happening. It's not
1: happening, Reddit. I'm sorry. Did you I'm see sorry. that? I'm sorry. Neil, Neil Blomkamp, like, quote, tweeted um, Denny Villeneuve. It was, David. like, how disrespectful or something. No, and he called him, like, what a fucking asshole because uh, <sighs> Denevil Villeneuve said, like, Marvel movies are boring or something. Faced. <laughs> Dude, it's so funny whenever, like um like every single fucking director in this we industry. have like
0: everyone is asked about their <laughs> yeah. opinion on marvel movies it's now like, and i hate what, it
1: what do you think they're gonna say i mean it's like well it's like it gives them it gets some clicks you know it's yeah. like well let well, me it look, gets a, let me ask this 80 year old director what he thinks about fucking superhero movies it, it, it gonna gets gonna some say.
2: clicks but it's also like it, it it'll like yeah it'll get people talking essentially like oh yeah this director is either open to doing a marvel movie or not open to doing a marvel movie Still Speaking alive, of which, right. I think that can segue yeah. us into Suicide Squad, made by the director that Martin Scorsese does not know. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um. Yeah. So, the, the,
0: I shall I, I don't know how to address this. Duran <laughs> sure. needs to leave <laughs> right now. So, um, it's just gonna be me and Rhett doing this. But um, yes, sir. it was good to have you on. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Nice seeing you. And good luck with your uh, your Suicide this.
0: Thank nice. you. Farewell,
2: my sweet boy.
1: Goodbye.
0: Alrighty. Just wait for him to close the door. Alright, cool. Um, so the reason we're doing Suicide Squad today, I'm sorry, the Suicide Squad today,
2: is, uh, the- We need to get that weak-ass Paul Schrader shit out of here. It's real cinema time, boys! Basically. Um,
0: (laughs) um, yeah, uh, it it came out on digital today that's why <laughs> this this was our excuse to uh to watch it again i didn't watch it again but i watched I didn't it i did not watch
2: it again <laughs> we we just meant to talk about this at release and then we just didn't for some i did reason. watch
0: it several times on hbo max after after uh, you know it came out though so yeah um yeah i don't even know where to begin i guess well, we should probably start a summary yeah all right summary is a good idea um so uh the suicide squad is uh basically a soft reboot of 2016 suicide squad which is about a bunch of criminals uh forming a basically throwaway underground black ops uh team that can just go and do like random missions for the government um based on the uh Uh, amazing john ostrander comics of the same name uh (laughs) but uh yeah so this is basically a different product from that suicide squad even though it features some of the same characters this one um is uh trying to stop a government takeover i guess is is the way i'd say that their
2: mission is if well, it's it's responding to a a a, uh, a violent coup in a uh, by a hostile to America, you know, foreign government, and so it's sort of responding to that. If we want to leave the summary spoiler free, yeah, there may
0: be something more hiding beneath the surface. I guess but we but should no. we should just talk about spoilers because this movie is like just yeah, big no, spoilers it... all around.
2: So, I mean, if you've um, seen this movie, you you know, if you wanted to see this movie, you would have seen it already. If you haven't, yeah. go see it, but, you know. It is, um, I will say this, it is maybe one of my favorite movies of all time now. So. Uh, yeah, it's certainly rocketed to the top of my uh, my superhero list. I don't know where it would rank, like, overall, but it is certainly, like, a very easily likable movie, and I hope it has some, like, actual, like, ramifications on the sort of blockbuster scene because uh, we certainly aren't the first and won't be the last to say this but you know it, it clearly you know does everything right that the original suicide squad movie did wrong but it also just you know does... it does
0: it just it just does a lot of things better than most comic book movies
2: i, I mean it, it it takes the more than anything it takes the time and the effort and it actually feels like it's trying to like make a good movie rather than just make a movie that like sells which, like, you know, of course it's it's not too worried about selling as much because it's an R-rated movie. There's lots of blood and guts. But, you know, even stuff like Deadpool, which, granted, you know, the original Deadpool was pretty, for a superhero movie, cutting edge for its time. Uh, but now it's kind of like, okay, well, what do we do? And still Deadpool was, like, yeah, it was, like, offensive air quotes. You know, it was it was crass, but it was not, like, it didn't really feel like it was doing anything that edgy beyond just kind of being bloody and like making some penis jokes. Yeah. It's, (laughs) um,
0: this, I mean, I was willing to show this movie to my mother, which was a fun experience to watch it with her because she doesn't really do well with gore, but she'll just sit through things sometimes. Like we watched Game of Thrones together, (laughs) but, um, it's, this movie uses its r rating for sure (laughs) um so i I guess i I... I guess we'll just keep talking about that since we're on that um yeah uh so i just i love that they finally used gore in a suicide squad movie because no one almost almost no one died in the last movie aside from I don't. What was his name?
2: Slipknot. He had ropes or uh, something. yes, Slipknot. Uh, he could climb anything. He could climb anything. Uh yeah. No, I mean, certainly the gore here was was very well used. Um, you know, y- y- like y- you get what you're you're coming for there in that regard. But I feel like honestly, the like the gore was was very like expected. It was well done. Like you know, when they were like, okay, we're gonna do something gory. Like they do it well. But I think in terms of like when people saw that James Gunn was doing a, a suicide squad movie, they were like, okay, at least he's probably going to do the gore right. But I, I feel like honestly, the stuff other than the gore was the stuff that was really surprising about the movie.
0: Yeah. It's um well, even even the intro, like literally the the Warner Brothers Studio presents uh comes from a trail of blood left from an exploded head. It forms into the words Warner Brothers Pictures presents. And it's Like, it uses gore stylistically, it uses gore... uh, It just, it does it right. Like, I I don't even know how else to put it. Like, it just, it does its job. (laughs) Which is a lot more than most superhero movies end up doing nowadays.
2: Well, but also, if you want to... Kind of going into, like, how they... I, I think they handle each scene really well, and we can definitely talk about this more at length. But even if we're, like, talking about the specific, like, gore, like, the the way they handle gore kind of changes from scene to scene. You know, it, it, in, in, like, the opening sequence that was, you know, the opening sequence is all about showing that characters can actually die here and these people are actually disposable. They're not, like, movie protagonists that are meant to be, like, oh, yeah, nothing, you know, they, these guys are invincible even though they're called the Suicide Squad. Um, yeah. You know, and it's very much, like, heads blowing up, kind of like that, you know, um, very graphic sort of gore, not so much, like, CGI, more like a lot of, like, blood spats and, you know, fake bones and stuff like that, whereas, like, there's a scene later where Harley, like, just brutally murders, or no, not brutally, that, that mischaracterizes it. She shoots this guy, and he's, like, crawling around on the floor, like, dying in his own blood, but that one's like not so much like oh we're gonna like blow him up it's like you're you're kind of coldly slowly watching him bleed out on the ground and there's a lot of blood and but even it's then not, it's like semi comedic yeah no it's semi i mean it's it, every every scene is very aware of what tone it's trying to set and that that scene especially playing off of the previous scene where she was hanging out with this guy and they were like dating and it was very kind of idyllic it turns like very dark in a way that like the tone is actually dark it's like the the lighting and the color turns a lot cooler um you know the the way they're they're playing him dying like he's not saying anything and he's kind of like croaking and crawling on the floor but not in like an overly comedic way like you could almost feel sorry for him and harley's kind of like monologue logging in this like really great way and we can, we will definitely talk about how great they did harley here yeah, i guess um, uh... Should but. we talk
0: about the intro? Because I think the intro is, like, maybe one of my favorite openings to a movie ever. Just because it perfectly sets up, like, what this movie is all about. So, um, yeah, we're already into spoilers. So, as most of you uh, know, <laughs> the uh, the movie opens up with um, this other... Suicide squad that they have. There is a team A and a team B. We end up following this team A. We don't know that there's a team B yet, but... um, We end up following this team A who um, gets to shore on this island that they're supposed to invade. (laughs) And immediately everything just goes wrong. And pretty much everyone on that team dies except for two people. And I think the key thing that they do here... Is killing off Captain Boomerang, because I think mm. without the death of Captain Boomerang, you don't know the proper stakes of this movie.
2: Yeah, I I think so too because he's like kind of the assumption that you know oh oh yeah, he's a returning
0: member he must he must you know keep alive yeah
2: and I think they also play into I mean they they play off of every returning character well here um, because you know they use. Um, in the opening scene, they kill off Captain Boomerang to kind of show that, you know, these characters aren't immortal. Uh, you know, they sort of play into the joke of, like, oh, yeah, but Harley's gonna kind of survive anything because she's Harley-fucking-Quinn and there's no (laughs) way we can kill her. So, like, she just kind of keeps coming back. They kind of play into that joke. And then, you know, Rick Flag is there, too, and, you know, you expect him because he's kind of the wrangler of the whole team, you know, and it's like, oh, yeah, it makes sense that he's back wearing a yellow shirt now. Um... Or well, yelling a wearing a yellow shirt later in the movie, not in the opening scene. Um, but eventually they kill him, and you you fucking feel it when Rick Flag dies. I can't. You don't expect That's I, the biggest
0: I, I, surprise of 2021. Was making me care that Rick Flag had died.
2: <laughs> Rick fucking her sword traps the souls of its victims. Flag, like he actually becomes like the emotional like one of the emotional cores of this movie. Then. Well, you know, the characters are all really well-defined here, and we'll get to that when we talk about the main cast. Um, And the movie is also just impeccably casted as well. Um, Yeah, I mean, even even this
0: opening where most of these characters die, like, James Gunn just pulled strings, and, like, one of them's Pete Davidson, one of them's Nathan Fillion. All very specific... One of them's Michael Rooker. (laughs) Yeah, all very specific fandoms. Um, (laughs) But it's it's just brilliant because especially a name like pete davidson in one of these movies i think uh like i um i talked to a friend about it and they were like i didn't even know pete davidson was going to be in this movie and then five minutes later they texted me pete davidson's dead (laughs) um
2: that's that's good and like even for these small characters they let them have an intro and like whether it's just to set up the expectation that maybe they'll survive, like they have sort of an extended intro of um, uh, of Savant Michael Roker's character, um, you know, and they, so you kind of think like, oh, he's probably going to be like one of the focal characters of this movie as they sort of introduce the Suicide Squad concept and who is in this uh, this A this team A. Yeah. Um. And then you get a scene of them like just kind of interacting in a in a way that is legitimately funny on a plane. They talk about this weird weasel thing, asking if it's a dog. Weasel is also the best character <laughs> in the movie. Um, it's killed twenty seven children, but that's besides the point. I I it, that that was also another thing. Like even the joke. I don't think that joke specifically was in the trailer, but it just made me think. Like the jokes that were in the trailer still landed well with this movie because it just it just flows so well. The rhythm yeah. of this movie is just so good. The uh the editing is definitely
0: something i want to uh talk about further but i the best thing i think about this intro besides like you know killing captain boomerang was like how it then introduces team two is then it (laughs) all these people are dead it then cuts to the second team and you're like oh yeah these are the people that i've actually seen in the trailers for this film (laughs) yeah and you're like oh i get it
2: now (laughs) Oh, I get it. No, yeah, and then so after that, you start to get into the backstory. They kind of they they go back in time a little bit, and they they do it, and they they set up all the characters that you know you're actually going to be following for most of the movie. Um, you know, the the main character being of course Idris Elba's uh, Bloodsport, um, who. You know, kind I know of...
0: nothing about him, even as a comics fan. I know nothing yeah. about any of these people.
2: <laughs> well, they they very intentionally picked sort of very minor DC villains or very intentionally goofy DC villains like King Shark and Polka Dot Man. Everybody's
0: heard of Polka Dot Man. No one knows what he's about.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um. And and kind of that that like starts the whole joke here is that this movie the whole joke of this movie is just that. It's not the first Suicide Squad, and it's way better and cooler than it has any sort of right to be. And, like, it shows that right off the bat with that. It lets its actors act, and it lets scenes, like, play out with room to breathe. And that's shown, like, immediately with Idris Elba's performance, where, like... they 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 are very self-aware of like how he's kind of like he's literally just the same thing as dead shot you know he's a, a former military guy who's turned criminal now yeah and he has a he's a deadbeat dad whose daughter is disappointed in them but instead of like kind of playing the very typical like you know oh i wish i could do better by my daughter and regretfully i'm a villain you know yada 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 kind of thing you know you get this scene where he and his daughter are in jail together. And they're just shouting fuck you at each other <laughs> and like actually just like letting them act and then the character... they get a scene immediately after that where they let Viola Davis, who got arguably was done the most dirty in the first movie, in terms of the amount of talent she has versus what she got to do in that For movie. Sure. And they let her and Idris Elba just play off each other so well. She just comparing the two performances
0: is just like absolutely it's, dumbfounding because it's just like the james gunn just let her be viola davis and it shows because she's he let, terrifying
2: yeah and he let the character like be evil too like it, it, especially like when you kind of the, the movie surprisingly actually feels like it has something to say too um not necessarily the most original kind of thing talking about the american government but something you know that feels very fresh for a superhero movie to kind of be critical about how nefarious an, an organization like this sponsored by the u.s government would actually be and you know they let viola davis be this very villainous character yeah
0: yeah I, like she just she kind is of an at the, the, at the movie, end of but... the day she is the real villain of this movie
2: yeah And that's the thing. uh, You know,
0: the ending, we'll talk about the ending, but she was ultimately okay with letting an entire island nation die.
2: (laughs) Yeah. um, Yeah, and I mean, to some extent, you know, so were the the villains at least for a second. I mean, our our heroes who are villains, you know. Um, But yeah, and I think that scene... Obviously, I love the intro, but I think that scene, the, the 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 fuck you scene, and the um, the scene where Idris Elba and Viola Davis are just staring each other down. That that's what really sold or, me. Th- the the that like, neck. yeah, that's what like really sold me on like this movie is like something something more than just like a well done like you know gore kill fest like that. There that, that there's something else going on here. So then you meet the the actual rest of the team, and uh, yeah
0: and the characterization of everyone like i for the brief moment that he is in this film i think jai courtney does a better captain boomerang than he did in all of suicide squad One. Oh yeah it just the accent is just more on point i can't describe how he's just more australian <laughs> yeah um, and harley harley's voice is better i don't it's again another case of like i don't know what exactly she's doing to make it just that little bit better but it is better
2: also they somehow made her paler too which i don't know how you make margot robbie that much paler but like <laughs> she like literally looks like almost bone white in this movie but yeah yeah and um, the
0: costuming
2: the co- oh yeah the costuming is just fantastic what if you there know, were colors even... in a
0: comic book movie isn't
2: that isn't that wild that's that's wild and they, they finally actually do the harley quinn colors right instead of blue and red for some reason yeah the... um but yeah that was a and weird
0: aesthetic to take
2: so you meet the main cast of characters and it's it's idris elba's character uh along blood with Bloodsport, uh, blood sport right um along with john cena as peacemaker uh who is, they, they described him in, like, the he's, trailers he's, and sort of the thing is Captain America if he were a dick. But he's also very much supposed to be intentionally kind of a very similar character to Bloodsport. A man so dedicated
0: to peace he would fight for it, I think, is usually his comics tagline. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
0: Which is, you know, just ironic on so many levels.
2: Uh, yeah, and then you have, you have Ratcatcher 2... uh i forget the actress's name let me look it up I this is like her it's first day yeah this is her first big uh english language role and she absolutely kills it um apparently she got picked for the role off of a, a chemistry test with a rat um <laughs> which is just perfect for this movie rat chemistry uh, test you, uh, Suicide Squad. Hang on, I just want to make sure I'm getting all these actors' names right. Uh, who's the guy Sylvester
0: played... Stallone is King Shark. Um, uh, who are you gonna Beth ask about? Best
2: American Movie. Uh, oh, we we forgot to say Joel Kinnaman is Rick Flag. Oh also, yeah, but yeah. Uh, I was looking for. Peter Capaldi
0: um... is the Thinker, who's a, a villain later on. Uh, he is um, he's he's I was great
2: plays a uh, Popeye up man I'm Oh, I'm uh
0: David it. Des Melchin, I think is yeah. how you say his last name.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then are we missing anyone from from the main cast? No, cuz you know it's or... kind
0: of those those it's the five of them plus Rick and Harley.
2: Yeah.
0: Um so King Shark, Bloodsport, Peacemaker, Ratcatcher 2, uh king shark did i already say king shark i may yeah you already said king shark so that's <laughs> fine
2: because he's the most important character in the movie <laughs> and Not actually man.
0: best boy Polkadot dot man rick flag and harley quinn are kind of end up
2: being your main cast and so all of these characters like they have this they are presented with this sort of meta awareness about how kind of dumb they are but they also like let the characters you know have their their backstories and it somehow the tone just like nails it for like, you know, both knowing that it's stupid, but also kind of presenting it so that, you know, they're letting their characters presents be characters. it seriously
0: enough at, at the yeah. right moments.
2: I, I kind of called it, you know, in in a weird way sort of like a like a, a weird new kind of like neo stoner movie in a way where it's like <laughs> I feel like I feel like old like really old stoner movies were just like, Hey, this is weird, goofy shit. And then here's, you know, then sort of after that you get sort of stoner movies that are like, uh, um, like fucking Harold and Kumar go to White Castle where it's like weird goofy shit that knows it's weird goofy shit and is like, Hey, here's some weird goofy shit. Uh, and then this is kind of weird goofy shit presented like it's art (laughs) and same thing kind of with the Bill and Ted three where it's like, I I think I'd agree with that to some, Uh, to some. Yeah, to some degree. It's not presented like it's high art or anything, like it has something beautiful to say, but it certainly, like, it, it respects the craft that, like, goes into it, where it's like, yeah, you it's still like, have to set up these characters. Yeah, it's a movie. It's we not, haven't like, had one of those in a bit. <laughs> it's not just a joke. It, it is a big joke, and it is it is through and through a comedy movie, Um, and it is all these elements of being sort of in conversation with the previous Suicide Squad, while also just kind of being its own movie. Like, like, again, I said, the whole joke is that, like, this, you know, this movie is really just... The whole joke is that it's way cooler than it has any right to be.
0: Yeah. um, I, I want to talk about the editing. Because I think the editing is... it's It's this weird thing where I think this is what makes it among the most comic book movie you've ever seen. Is... Like, the way it is edited, I, I, it's like a comic. Comics are... I, The famous, like, comparison is that, um, you know, movies and editing are an art form based on time, whereas comics are one based on space. But the way the camera moves and where it then edits to and cuts to, and especially with all of the title cards, it feels like a comic.
2: hmm <laughs>
0: It enhances that feeling in, in a way that I don't think any other movie has managed to do.
2: Yeah, and I I think certainly, like, yeah, just the way that they frame a lot of the shots. I wasn't necessarily, like, too impressed by, by a lot of the, the camera movement, per se. Um, there are some notable exceptions to that, you know like some very good camera movement in some of the scenes but yeah it's a lot of the framing a lot of the coloring and lighting that just really makes this movie such such a joy to look at like there there's even just a scene where like it totally like doesn't make sense the way they presented it where it's like oh yeah they, they they pulled up in like a bus in front of like the main like compound that they're trying to invade and it's like raining and they walk out in the rain and they're kind of presented in like this like sort of glorious white light where it, it it looks really cool to look at and it's a great sort of image for like the characters going into like sort of the actual finale of the movie. Um But like, you know, obviously none of the rest of the scene looks like that. It's just kind of raining and it's gray, but it's like it, it, it was such a great intro to that. And there are a lot of kind of moments where it's like that, where you have these really good cinematic images yeah. that are... Not necessarily, like, you know, heightened by any sort of sense of camera movement, but just, like, yeah, they have that very comic booky look to that.
1: Yeah.
0: Speaking of, um, so I, I bought the movie because I loved it. Um, and there are deleted scenes, and I looked through the deleted scenes before we watch this, and there is actually a scene where <laughs> they address a rain cloud coming in right before that scene happens, and for some reason they cut it out of the final
2: film. Uh, I don't think they needed it. I think it could just start raining and, like, we kind of just take it as, like, yeah, the movie is, is just being the movie. Being dramatic.
0: Um,
2: yeah. But it's it's uh, funny,
0: like, how much deleted material sets up, like, minor things so that nothing seems wasted.
2: Yeah, no, and, and I think that's, that's a very uh, prominent part of the movie as well, is it feels like, you know, no opportunity for a joke is really wasted, and, like also something we pointed out like when we watched it and i don't think we brought it up here but it's not a very dialogue heavy movie for how funny it is i mean obviously the action is a very important part of the movie but like all the dialogue that happens either feels like necessary for the plot or very much earned in the context of like you know how it's being used
0: yeah well i mean like some of the action is just really funny like the idea yeah. of this kill-off between blood sport and peacemaker <laughs>
2: yeah or like them and
0: especially what it (laughs) what that that turns out to be when they've when they've found out they've killed this group of resistance fighters because they thought they captured rick flag
2: yeah and then also how that literally sets up the later confrontation between like the actual confrontation between uh Bloodsport and Peacemaker—that kind of decides the fate of the movie. Yeah. Um. It, even stuff like uh. I mean, this was more obviously set up, but they they have a character um, called Javelin uh earlier in the movie, played by uh, Lula Borg. Borg. Uh, and he you know is dying because of course he did. Uh, and he hands Harley his javelin. And is like you you should use this to, and he dies before he can say it. And then Harley's all like what what am i supposed to use it for hey um and you know even that sort of you know gets its sort of climactic ending every character has an arc like it's it is a little bit weird to feel like the you know they that in a lot of ways they are just kind of doing like the basic things that you ought to do for a movie but because they do it so well like and so thoroughly yeah like letting each of their primary characters have an arc you know uh just like so many movies just don't allow that that's that's why so many like it it feels even like outside of the comic book movies like some you know movies have like a, a lot of characters but the side characters kind of feel like they're just there in support of you know the the main character even in like kind of ensemble pieces sometimes they don't properly let those characters happen but like literally every major character has an arc rick flag has an arc of like oh he's you know kind of this crump you know this shady soldier but he ends up dying for for the right cause you know rat catcher rat, rat catcher doesn't change too much but she kind of steps up to the plate and saves the day you know uh blood is this very jaded assassin who you know comes up to save the day you know uh king shark wants to make friends he makes friends uh and that's just cute and wholesome and i love that you know peacemaker kind of becomes more of the villain which you kind of expect him to but you know it makes sense in context of his character uh plus you know, we you set up Art, a tv show which is already finished wrapping apparently and i'm excited to see that it's whenever coming it comes out, in like out four months i think john cena clearly loves this character he went to all
0: of the press dressed as peacemaker this man is dedicated
2: he is just so happy to be playing this character. And, you know, Margot Robbie is also clearly very happy to be playing Harley. She's clearly owned this role. And I think this is where we need to talk about how well they did Harley in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: I This is far and away the best version of Harley we have gotten in any of the DC films.
2: Yeah, one of um, our friends told us that like this Harley was supposed to be better than the other ones. And I was like... Well, how would they do that? I felt like people really liked, you know, Birds of Prey. Harley, she was pretty well received. You know, I I enjoyed that movie, and then we just saw the movie and we we're like, oh yeah, that's how they do that by letting her be actually insane.
0: Yeah, this is this is the first time where it's like, there are a bunch of actions taken by Harley that are not rash or are not rational, and <laughs> it just like ah, it's it's just so good. Like they they. They made her have, like, too much, like, authority in Birds of Prey. She was too aware of her own actions. Whereas she
2: was just... In Birds of Prey, she was really just kind of an eccentric uh, killer with, you know, a a, a weird sort of Jersey accent. Whereas, like, here she is actually unhinged.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's... Like, they really just let Margot Robbie have, like, her own little movie that just kind of happened to intersect with it yeah but she gets like some of the best jokes in the movie you know and some of them are the sort of quippy one-liners that you'd expect from harley some of them are like she gets some like nice emotional moments where she's like rick flag was my friend or she's like oh you guys were trying to save me and she's actually t- or like she's being treated by like a princess by this you know uh you know dictator the dictator and she actually feels, like, very touched to be treated so well, you know, after she's <laughs> been treated so bad. Uh, I mean, she kicks ass, especially in the first scene where, like, the intro scene where she has this rocket launcher, but also, you know, one of the best action sequences of the year where she's, like, she had just been brutally tortured yet somehow still had, you know, the the mental wherewithal to make a 69 joke while being s- shocked by a battle <laughs> Uh And then, like, as soon as their backs are turned... She like gymnastics her way out of her con- confines, ties her hair back, and then just proceeds to absolutely John Wick the shit out of everyone <laughs> in the compound. Yeah. While the others are like trying to figure out how to save her, and she just like waltzes out like it's it's no fucking deal. And they, th-
0: I, and the way that they deal with her being crazy in that scene was amazing. How you know instead of blood shooting out of people, it was you know flowers. <laughs> yeah. I also really like th- that's the no, most like it's the most artistically like interesting way that they've done that in any of these movies
2: yeah i mean it reminds me a little bit of that one moment i can't remember if it was in deadpool or deadpool 2 but he gets like stabbed in the head and like the little cartoons like kind of start popping up except this was just like way
0: better. yeah
2: um and i like the scene before that too you know the, we we alluded to, or we talked about the scene earlier where she assassinated the the president guy because she was like yeah no red flag and I, <laughs> I i promised myself i promised myself that if i if i ever saw a red flag i'd do the right thing and kill the guy on the spot um which was very funny but also like they they just they, they let harley have a relationship with this like total throwaway president dictator character um which is fine that he's a throwaway you know he he, he does his job for the movie um but like one, it makes sense in the context of her character, both in her, if you see her as a sort of continuation of whatever the, sui- the original Suicide Squad and Birds of Prey set up, where it's like, yeah, she's separate from the Joker, you know, but even if she was still, like, with the Joker, like, it would, you know, a crazy person like this probably wouldn't have a sense of monogamy, but also, like, they let the scene just be about her, like just wanting to have fun it's not about hey we have margot robbie playing this character and like oh yeah remember wolf of wall street she was like completely naked like this is about looking no this isn't about looking at harley at all this is just about like letting harley have sex for her this is this is
0: liberated harley
2: yeah and it's it's great every aspect of how they do harley from the costume and the makeup to margot robbie's performance it's just so good
0: absolutely
2: and I think that's what happens, like, when you let talented actors, you know, like, like her, um, you know, like Idris Elba and Viola Davis. Like, even when they're in a comic book movie, just, like, let them show their acting chops.
0: Yeah, which is something I think Marvel really struggles with.
2: <laughs> yeah. Unless
0: the unless an actor's, like, really good, like, baseline, like Tony Leung, uh, in Shang-Chi, um like nobody really shines in marvel movies they're just kind of like i am character
2: unless they like really fit the character and kind of own it like robert downey jr did but even then it's not it's not like he's really acting he's just kind of being tony stark
0: yeah who is you know kind of i don't know i got the sense that that was robert downey jr i mean yeah um
2: yeah uh what else do we want to talk about here we can definitely talk about the ending but is there anything else we we want to we want to talk about um yeah i'm good to talk about the ending Um, i don't i don't
0: think there's anything else i have to say uh about anything
2: else yeah there's probably some specific i mean i like some of the the smaller I like the needle and... drops.
0: I don't think, yeah. uh, you know, James Gunn has been good with needle drops. He's always, you know, he uses them correctly. But even then, I think some of the scores stood out.
2: Yeah, I think uh, so. But I think it stood out, like, where it needed to.
0: Yeah. Like, they had a pretty good, like, electric guitar riff kind of thing going for the action scenes, which is, like, you know. It's just good. Yeah. It's, you know, it... it's it's tasteful. It's... Uh, what a lot of blockbuster films struggle to be.
2: Yeah, certainly comparing it to like Black Widow, you know, yeah, just like a couple months before. Um, Put a
0: gun to my head, I I cannot hum you the theme of Black Widow.
2: Well, oh yeah, you were talking about the score. I more meant the the shitty. Um, oh well, yeah, the <laughs> it like Teen Spirit drop, um, Yeah uh totally. yeah i also i also like some of the, like the smaller scenes just kind of on the way that were a little bit more like a little bit of time killer the but club scene the
0: club yeah, the, scene the, where the they're just all chummy great. and it's just good you don't get scenes like that where it's just the team hanging out and being friends in like yeah any avengers
2: movie and it, and it sets up some of the dynamics that are like important sort of final confrontation. Um, you know, like how, who, who is sort of trusting who, who is sort of comfortable with who all of that, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's, it's just, it's just good and it's solid and it good King Shark moments there abound again. King Shark is just, you, you can't watch this movie and tell me you don't love King Shark. We love, uh, we
0: love a good King Shark moment. Mm
2: -hmm. He is the wholesome chungus of this movie.
0: It's true. Um, but yeah, the, uh, the finale is also fantastic um it is revealed to us i guess i don't know at several points in the movie uh starro is the villain um and if you don't know who starro is starro is a space starfish who shoots smaller space starfish out of him and they basically face hug you like the huggers from aliens and they just control you <laughs> and it's the most ridiculous thing to look at, and it is taken so seriously that it works.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's just a continuation of that balance, and so, you know, the Suicide Squad shows up, and they're, you know, there to, to, to blow it up, because, you know, under the guise of that, you know, it could be used as a weapon against the United States, which is what the government wants to use, or, or what that government wants to use Starro for. Um, But it's also revealed that, you know, Starro was sort of a, you know, the American government was using the government... They were using using this
0: government to do experiments with this thing that they could not do experiments on on U.S. soil, which is super amazing, and that's super Ostrander. Like, that is something that would be in one of the, like, 80s Suicide Squad comics, which I think, like, is an underappreciated aspect of this movie is just how closely it, it sticks to the source material sometimes.
2: Yeah, and so then you get like some great scenes with you know, that that's where Rick Flagg dies because he dies confronting uh, Peacemaker, I almost called him Homelander there for a second <laughs> um, Peacemaker because they, he, he finds like a, a hard drive, a very conveniently placed hard drive where he can kind of be like, I gotta show the world this and Peacemaker has been you know, because viola davis's character amanda waller you know knew that rick flag would be could be like the good soldier who's like i need to show the world about this she told peacemaker to uh that's probably why it was in squad a yeah um she told peacemaker to make sure that the data doesn't leave the compound (laughs) uh and you you get some really interesting stuff with john cena there because you know you can it you know i mean there's the great line of uh rick flag being like peacemaker what a fucking joke because there's there's so many like wonderful little contradictions in what's going on in this absolute psychopath's head yeah um like he clearly doesn't want to you know he idolizes rick flag to a certain extent because you know he's such a, a patriot um, so to speak but he's still like i gotta kill you because you know he, he's he's everything you know wrong with the the sense of patriotism that justifies you know this kind of behavior behavior which it's 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 really cool to
0: see yeah it's
2: so impressive. this this
0: movie is like very surprisingly uh it it uh, we we kind of addressed it before but like just the fact that they're saying this thing like what they're saying in a major blockbuster comic book movie is like super surprising because at the end when starro dies he says like a very poignant line which is um i was happier floating in space staring at the stars which is it's a comment on interventionism which is like yeah oh
2: oh my god I, I, the, and the way I said it too, I mean, they literally have one guy in like the offices at the the CIA or whatever, like saying, "We've got a fucking kaiju on our hands." But yeah. they let the kaiju have its Evangelion moment, where it's like, "Oh, actually, fuck you for killing me. I, I'm an intelligent being with my own sort of feelings and philosophy about existence." <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: it's. um... And the I just the I love it.
2: It just yeah. And the finale itself is super well paced too, because you literally have them like split off into two groups, which obviously it's like the Scooby Doo thing, you know, where it's like, oh, something bad's going to happen because they split up and, you know, it's the finale, so things are going to go wrong. Um, but like, you know, where a lot of, and this is one of the things I, I also noticed as to, you know, how I said earlier that they let the scenes breathe, but like literally, I think if you gave that setup to like almost any other script writer, like working or like director working, or even an editor, like, working in comic book blockbuster movies, they would have been, like, constantly intercutting between the two sort of groups, and so you'd be But they they let the scenes breathe. They they get to the point where, like, Peacemaker is, like, staring down Ratcatcher 2, you know, about to kill her, and then they just jump back eight minutes so you can show you what's been going on with the other group in the past eight minutes until... uh, bloodsport literally falls back into what was going on in the movie before that yeah and it lets it lets the jokes it lets the action it lets the characters all have this room to breathe that it just wouldn't have had if they had been jumping back and forth between all of those plot yeah lines.
0: it's it's one of those uh, that's kind of one of the best examples i'd say of this kind of comic book editing that i'm talking about where it's not afraid to just jump to a title card saying you know, 15 minutes earlier, and then we just see a whole, like, thing play out and then get back to real time. I feel like that's a very, like, something that would happen in a comic book. Like, it would just, on the next page, it would just be in the corner 15 minutes earlier, and it's just something completely different happening.
2: Yeah, I'd be interested to see, I mean, certainly in its presentation, I, I feel like th- probably people have done that, something similar before. Probably, or, you know, but... seemed, That seems like a very... I doubt it's actually been in a Wes Anderson movie, but kind of like a Wes Anderson thing to do, like fifteen minutes before or something like that. You know, yeah. some sort of very small increments of time. But you know, I, I would see like like I said earlier, I would love to see a lot of blockbuster films kind of kind of learn from this movie. I, I think Haseeb probably said it best when he's like, I want Kevin Feige to just see this and be like, fuck. <sighs> we gotta we gotta do better. Oh. We uh,
0: we gotta step up our game. <laughs> Yeah, we gotta Because like up even our the game. Guardians movies don't feel like this, and they're also James Gunn products.
2: I I said it would be the weirdest thing to like if a person like only ever watched two movies and it was Scooby Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed and the Suicide Squad, both directed by James Gunn.
0: Uh he did not direct Scooby Doo. He only wrote it. Oh, uh, he did? Yeah. yeah. Raja Goshnell made that, and then he made the Smurfs movies yeah don't ask me why i know this information
2: and then so i think the the last thing i really had to say about the ending was i'm really glad they let it be a kind of happy end. i mean they have their little end credit scenes obviously because it's still a comic book movie and i i I personally think end credit scenes are good for what they do um yeah i love that weasel is still alive that was just such a funny little like joke moment um but i was so afraid in in dealing with with in watching the ending that they were going to do something like to undercut all of the sort of dramatic arc of the movie with like a, a joke like oh this is still the suicide squad people can still get their heads bloaty uppy and like we're still you know they do uh, they do a little bit of that with the way they kill up Polkadot dot man but well yeah but like that still is part of the final battle so it feels kind of uh fair by the way one of my one of my only major criticisms of the movie is that the rat, rat catcher obviously is the one who takes down sorrow because she summons like all of the rats in the city to like chew him to pieces because there's no way Sorrow could stop that many rats crawling all over him <laughs> but it's like she could have done that sooner like it's true it, polka dot man did not have to die she you know the, the rats could have been summoned sooner unless they maybe they should have was... like explained that I like yeah, it, well. it took the rats longer to like assemble in mass but like yeah so, anyway yeah. but I wanted to say it was like yeah aside from the polka dot man thing they like they let the movie have like it's emotional catharsis and let the characters like complete their arcs without being like oh yeah here's this like we need to have a ha ha moment where someone get their gets their dick blown off just to say that this is still a comedy movie like they, they, they let the movie have a poignant ending and I like that yeah, I'm sorry if something just
0: happened to the audio. It just smacked my mic by accident. Oh, I didn't hear anything. Um, yeah, um, I I love how Polka Dot Man's arc ends exactly where it needs to. Um, he says, I'm a, su- I'm a motherfucking superhero, and then dies, because that's where it should have ended. <laughs> you know? I, I think lesser movies would not kill that man off. But uh, because this is what it is, it um, it it takes that step and I appreciate it for it.
2: Well, yeah. And I also think, you know, I mean, yeah, I I think it would have been a tough thing to reconcile having him pass that because then, then it's like, oh, yeah, he got to have his moment where he's like, oh, I'm a superhero, which is kind of what he and in a weird way his his fucked up mom always wanted him to be um but like if he survived past that you know he'd still have to cope with this terrible you know interdimensional skin rash that he's got to deal with
0: yeah um there's something else i wanted to mention about ah uh, i can't remember <laughs> all right anyway um i i just i loved sorrow i love that his color scheme was just like it is pink and it is blue, <laughs> and it is. We are not shying away from those colors. We're not making him look gritty. This is Starro.
2: Yeah. Well, I think I think they did that for like basically every character who needed that. They let Harley be well, colorful. They let Javelin. Uh, Javelin's they let Javelin. Yellow and be... blue suit. They have. I-, I don't even remember what the character's name is, but they just have that orange lady, like. Oh, uh, Mongal. Mongal, yeah. Uh, you know, they don't they, they let Peacemaker be colorful. Um Bloodsport is like dark and edgy in his design, but like that's kind of the point. I think he came you know, from like the, the reboot
0: universe where like things looked edgy anyway in the comics, so I think that <laughs> that probably contributes.
2: Yeah, and I, I think it sort of takes the it, 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 it sets up a good sort of joke dynamic where it's like just kind of you know, dead shot but more. Yeah. Um,
0: oh, the one thing I've I've heard kind of criticized about this movie that I've thought about for a little bit is the fact that um, why would they turn back and be heroes uh, when when they go and fight Starro? And to that, I would say to you, think about the guilt they must feel from killing all those rebels. <laughs> uh... I think that that was maybe a like that's maybe what you could write that off with
2: yeah yeah uh, but i mean like you could i i felt like it was like fairly just i mean you know i i think the most the biggest problem there you have is with you know uh with bloodsport Kind of deciding there because he doesn't necessarily have as strong of a reason as the other one, but you could tell that you know Ratcatcher wanted to go back for them. King Shark was just going to follow them regardless. yeah Harley was just kind of going to go where the action is. So really, the only one like at question here is 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 Bloodsport. Even and, then, I know. think without the
0: cutback to his daughter at the end, I think yeah. that would have made no sense at all. But I think by showing him, you know, during that final Starro attack and her being like, that is my dad, I am proud of this man. I I think that's really what it ties back to, is like, it's like, uh, all right, I need to do the right thing here for once.
2: Well, it's also, he was a, he was a soldier, you know, who worked with Rick Flagg, and Rick Flagg recommended him. He just kind of ended up in, like, you know... Bad situation. They, they didn't, yeah, they don't really detail, like, what it is, but yeah, you get that he's supposed to be the, you know, the sympathetic character who, you know there but for the grace of God go I, you know, kind of deal where it's like, he's a good man at heart, but, you know, he's just kind of little jaded from his experiences and he's kind of forced into the villain role. A, same thing a little bit with, with Ratcatcher. You know, it's like she's not really that much of a villain. She got arrested because, you know, the rats were, she used to rob a bank, were qualified as weapons, so she got charged with armed robbery. Yeah. Um, But, like, she's Shout out to Taika Waititi
0: as Ratcatcher 1.
2: Yeah, Tycho YTT, the heroin addict.
0: <laughs> oh, that's um, an insane thing to put in a superhero movie. Something about heroin addiction.
2: Yeah. Um. I mean, there's just a lot of insane stuff. The oh yeah, fucking. I I totally forgot the rat character development. The fact that you know there is a, there is one rat who is like always by rat side. I can't remember Sebastian. what his name is. Sebastian, right? Or Sebastian.
0: Sebastian. Sebastian yeah
2: yeah and he's like trying to make friends with uh with bloodsport who has a fear of rats which is tied to his past but like it's kind of funny that they just let them have these characters and sebastian's really cute and he sort of gets his little moments and it's just those nice little touches the movie ends on
0: sebastian
2: yeah it ends on sebastian you know sleeping on bloodsport's knee and like bloodsport like working up the courage to like pet him even though he's like deathly afraid of rats yeah and it just it just shows like how i I think that's a good sort of like signal of like how how thorough everything about this movie was and it's weird to think that it's full circle all
0: all of like it's just really good circular storytelling
2: and it's 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 really interesting to think about how like probably almost the only reason this movie exists is because James Gunn got, like, pseudo-cancelled for, like, five seconds and fired from Disney. So he's like, fuck you, I'm gonna go over to DC now, and I'm gonna make their worst movie their best movie.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I
2: just... Uh, this movie is a miracle. It, it, it really is. <laughs> I don't know what to say other than that. Yeah. That's... Yeah. <laughs> oh. Like... You you you're not going to walk away with like your your outlook on life changed or something like that but this is this is the most I have enjoyed a, a theatrical experience in a good long while and especially after covid like I I had a really good experience with Pig after covid that was a really like fulfilling theatrical experience but this was kind of like everything you want out of like going to the movies for like a big popcorn movie
0: yeah Ugh, that was it was like if if this is such a good time like Like, i just i i love this like unabashedly i literally i can't find anything negative to say about this movie
2: yeah i for some reason the other day and, and maybe this can kind of replace the discussion on like what we've been watching recently because we literally just talked about that like a couple days ago yeah um like i i found myself thinking about like man it's 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 so weird to think about that like we only have like you know like 100 to 200 years of movie history and there are already like so many movies to watch like imagining you know like how we have thousands of years of book history and you know down the line along the way people will probably have like you know at, at the very least more hundreds of years of, of movie history and so many more movies to watch well it's funny because like... like yeah sorry go ahead but I was like, yeah, if if this is one of the movies like we we sort of pass down as like, oh yeah, this is like a representative big action blockbuster, you know, kind of like like what what is like the the Casablanca of like our time? Not <laughs> in that you know, not not in that it's a big romantic movie, but it's just a very like financially successful movie that you know is is well made and you know not necessarily the most. Um, emotionally complex it's such a hard thing
0: to say in the contemporary though yeah i mean obviously because like citizen kane like flopped when it came out so (laughs) you never know what what the hell is going to uh well citizen
2: kane's a little different in that like it, it was you know it that that was kind of you know revived as like an art house classic um whereas you know casablanca was always a you know a, a very successful yeah, movie people always people have always liked casablanca yeah no that that, that movie was not like at all yeah you know, that that was that was going to be a success from like the moment they came up with that idea more or less um yeah. i but, watched like, it, it recently it, good amazing oh, yeah. movie casablanca who would have thought fantastic movie yeah no i mean i yeah that one was definitely i feel like hyped up in a weird way for me like you know it had a lot of hype to live up to and I don't think it necessarily lived up to like, you know, its hype is like the most romantic movie of all time, but it's it's a great classic Hollywood movie. It's just I, a, I it's, thoroughly enjoyed the it. The
0: script is fantastic. Like yeah, the I'm, script is I'm fantastic. surprised the jokes landed. The from the editing, from a movie in from like nineteen
2: forty. Great, you know, object based continuity editing there, just like yeah, no. And and the, the score is really good too. Um, but yeah sorry that was a little bit of a tangent yeah i mean this whole this whole discussion i guess is weird in that you know we're talking about we've gone on a tangent about casablanca now when we were talking about (laughs) (laughs) the suicide suicide squad squad. but you know it also feels like the suicide squad is just already so weird in and of itself but i I think the point i was trying to make there is like if this is one of those movies that kind of gets like handed down as like a sort of blockbuster classic i would be totally okay with that
0: yeah this is um just yeah i love it what can i say it's like every everything is chef's kiss
2: yeah i can't i can't wait to see what what i i don't believe i can't believe i'm saying this but i can't wait to see what james gunn is gonna do with dc in the future yeah i mean he's like
0: that's the thing about this movie like it's like it's just better than most marvel and dc films it's just they don't make movies like this for whatever reason even though these are the ones that they should be making
2: yeah and uh, it's so weird to think also because i i mean it's it, it there have been a lot of you know uh reports you know or interviews about you know how attached james gunn is to the guardians and you know how he he feels very sort of like these are my babies kind of thing, you know, where he's very much taken a close personal ownership of, of those characters. And, you know, that's evidenced by the fact that basically anytime they use the guardians, even in not the guardians movies, they bring him in to write the guardians because he's the only one who really knows how to do that. And he seems like just as passionate, if not more passionate about these projects he's working on with, uh, with DC. And he seems to be enjoying himself, which honestly directors enjoying themselves, like, usually that's a good sign yeah
0: yeah i i'm interested to see how peacemaker goes yeah i will
2: be i I will be interested to see what they have to say there i doubt the editing will be you know the same kind of deal but you know yeah it's john cena's dedication to the character alone will will have me watch it because you know you're you're just seeing him act like that is just going to be fun yeah um
0: here how about this since uh since it seems like we're we're going to wrap up instead of what we have watched how about we do uh what we're
2: maybe excited for uh yeah that sounds good i am gonna go see prisoners of the ghost land this sunday Hell very yeah. excited for that one we've already sort of discussed how uh we're excited about uh, Night- uh nightmare alley um and i'm excited for my continuing uh going through kurosawa's filmography i don't know if there's anything else i'm particularly like There are definitely movies i'm going to see but i don't know if there's anything i'm i'm like really looking forward other than dune of course but i've been looking forward to Dune, yeah. you know ever since they announced it they were working on that. I don't know. What do you? What about you, Nick? How, um, what are you excited for? I'm How trying. I'm trying to wrap up
0: the Sopranos so that I am ready for Many Saints of Newark on October first. Uh, maybe do maybe do the do that in time. weirdest double feature with Venom because <laughs> it comes out the same day. I'm kind I'm of excited about of Venom. Venom too, even though like I admit that the first movie is stupid, but I liked it anyway. <laughs> um. But yeah i'm excited about those two um Titan looks cool and hopefully you know that is as good as all the people at like cans were saying um also excited about the last duel ridley scott the the movie with like it's the two knights battling over the woman and i don't know it just it just looks like classic ridley scott period I, drama I heard stuff it was... and it just looks i looks amazing
2: I just heard it was in I was not very interested from watching the trailer but then I heard it, he was apparently saying it was inspired by Rashomon and i, I fucking Ooh. love Rashomon. Ooh. So, um if 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 that is at all going in the direction that I think that would kind of indicate the movie is going, then um yeah, I will I will certainly give that a watch. And I'll also give a watch to to House of Gucci. Um but I I'm 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 more especially, you know, given ridley scott's track record recently kind of kind of keeping a measured yeah. the thing expectations is, on that one. the thing
0: is his movies are usually good bad good bad and having to release like within a month of each other is like all right one of these is not going to be <laughs> on par with the other um and it's just i you know i hope it I hope both of them are good. I, yeah, you know... you
2: know, maybe maybe he'll release two bangers. We don't know.
0: Yeah, um, so there's that. There's uh, French Dispatch, which comes out the same day as Dune. Um, last Night in Soho, I'll only go to the end of the year because otherwise we'd be here for a long time.
2: Oh, is Last Night um, in Soho coming out this year?
0: Yes, October, like end of October.
2: I will be interested to see Ed- Edgar Wright's new movie. Uh, he disappointed me with baby driver so yeah but this one looks promising
0: yeah it looks it looks weird and that's it looks very uh, kind of outside of his box i mean i know he's done like weird horror stuff but he hasn't done like a thriller like this i don't think
2: um yeah i mean if he listen if he at all brings his 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 skill with editing or well not his skill obviously because i don't think he's editing the movie but just like his kind of direction that then leads into whoever edits his movies you know yeah.
0: Um I'm reluctantly excited for Eternals. It I I got a lot of feelings on it. <laughs> um Spencer uh looks like it might be good. The the director's kind of an uh an out there dude. Oh no, this isn't the this isn't the one I was I was thinking of. It's another Kristen Stewart movie though. Um <laughs> Anyway. Um there's that there is ghostbusters supposedly still coming out this year i'm i'm a sucker for 80s stuff so i will be seeing that um and then let's see what we got in december we got west side story i'm not excited for that movie i'm not gonna that to at all Uh, (laughs) and then the matrix kingsman um yeah, those those both come out in December. Uh, so those
2: I think are both those are... movies that are that are coming out. Yeah, I hope uh, the Kingsman
0: is good. It's been delayed like four hundred times, so I worry
2: about it. But hopefully, I I don't know. I was I was very whelmed. I, I, yeah, I was very whelmed by all the trailers I've seen of that one, and like after Kingsman 2, I was just like, no.
0: Yeah, that's that's the biggest thing coming off of kingsman 2 it's just
2: yeah kingsman 2 was bad even
0: the kingsman fans in my life are just like no kingsman 2 was kind of (laughs) stinky it it was it
2: was it was very stinky it was very stinky also i don't know what it was with like movies that like around that time period and uh fucking country roads fucking john denver's
0: yeah like four movies came out that year that were like country roads am i right fellas And then, uh, fucking Fallout 76, like, right after. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. Um, so, yeah, movies are coming out, uh, despite, uh, all that is happening in the world. So, um... Crazy. As they keep coming out, we will, uh, keep talking about them. Um, yeah. Uh, we, we plugged in the last episode, but I suppose we could plug again, um... You can always visit my blog where I, uh, try and write little reviews and, uh, opinion pieces about things happening in the movie industry. That is, uh, nick.nimkoff.com and, uh, Rhett, uh, I know you have a review job if you would like to, uh, yeah, plug once should... more.
2: Uh, yeah, I try to only plug when, when relevant, but I, I have reviews at my, uh, college's, uh, student newspaper, the Emory Wheel, um feel free to go check out any of my reviews or also the any of the other reviews. We have a wonderful arts and entertainment section with a lot of really talented writers um, and uh, a lot of, you know, fellow just re- people who are really into movies, you know, a lot of fellow, you know, really dear Lynch fans, you know, so um, it's, it's a great place. A lot of great authors, a lot of great, you know, sort of opinions, whether you agree with them or not. Um, and uh, yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Um, Well, thank you all for uh, listening
0: to this episode of the CNW. It's uh, been a pleasure as always. Um, Until next time.